This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis along with Warren Harper, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. 2 p.m. on Friday, April the 22nd. I'm glad you joined us today. Uh, so how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. It's a good day. I'm feeling good. And uh, how are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Today, I'm just kind of feel kind of yeah. rough. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things going on. Just keeping up with your daily routine and then other things pop up. So... You know, I know the situation. Sure, sure. So, yeah. any any news that stood out to you this week? Uh, well, not in particular. The things we just talked about with that um, lieutenant colonel speaking out against the uh, Ukrainian situation. Um, I don't really have a lot of details to get into right now. But do you know the? Real. Do you remember the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's uh, Inside the Issues with Dr. Wilmer Leon. Problem is, it's on the SiriusXM, and I don't know if you can get it without a subscription. Yeah, but there's probably people that might listen that, that may have SiriusXM. Uh, oh, do you yeah. remember the title of the pod, the title of the show? Uh, not offhand, but I can pull it up. Uh, give me a minute as we talk. You know, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I you know you don't you don't have to. It's up to you. Uh, I just thought maybe if you had it off the top of your head, you could share it. Because um, we, yeah. I definitely want to encourage people to uh, listen to podcasts if if it's not mine and then someone else's or sure, mine sure. and someone else's or ours and someone else's. I don't want to say mine, ours and someone else's. I mean, I think there's a the the beauty of what has happened in the communications industry. Um, so so things have positive impacts and negative impacts and. One of, I think the positive impacts is more voices are getting heard. Um, some of the probably problematic aspects of the, the growth is that there isn't uh, a few gatekeepers. So in other words, uh, it's hard to have a message that is curated in such a way that it's the only one that's being heard. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, some people are going to look at that as a positive and some going to look at that as a negative. Uh, I, I just think that that is one of the, uh, byproducts of all of the growth in, uh, information. Now, and a lot of people don't know who to trust, but eventually they will settle on someone that they, they believe that they can trust. That's going to be providing them consistently with information that is, um, that they respect to some degree. And yeah. um, hopefully, you know, people listen to alternative ideas so that, you know, they, 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 they challenge the assumptions that they have. And one of the things that we've seen is that people have a tendency to only listen to those things that they like, things yeah. that, that fit their ideology that they want to be true and ignore things that may conflict with that. And so uh, hopefully, uh, you know, 
I think growth is about being able to accept truths that you don't like, but it's a truth. Yes. I think the problem with, uh, society nowadays is that, um, people have a hard time discerning what is truth, depending on what sources you listen to, because like I said, with mainstream media, you go to one stage, you get one supposed truth, then you change it to another station. And all of a sudden you're getting a whole different alleged truth or spin on the situation. And without doing a lot of research, it's, uh, it's kind of sketchy. And, and even the research depends on the source you use. Well, of course, you know, different people are going to be able to, they're going to look at things differently. And that doesn't mean that they're wrong. You know, one of the things that I, I said is, is that everyone has a different point of view. And when, mm -hmm. they, and when you have conflicting different point of views, that doesn't automatically mean someone is wrong and someone is right. It is, right. if you look at it from a different perspective, you're going to see it differently. And so that is a challenge. Um, and the challenge is uh, by listening to the, the more different, differing opinions, you can then get a better idea of what the real truth is. Hmm. So a variety of sources, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, basically. the more sources that the more sources that you that you have for a particular incident, the more likely you are to be able to discern what the truth is. But if you look at one source, then you're right. only using that perspective in which to view the situation. So like yeah. Um, so I watched this morning, I watched, um, I watched Mike Tyson punch a guy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I looked at two, uh, two different sources and they mm -hmm. came at the, the, the situation differently. Okay. And one source, uh, seemed to go, you know, hair, there's Mike Tyson again, you know, and another source is, Hey, this guy was out of line. Right. And, and, you know, and so if you look at, if I had just looked at the first source, Hey, Mike, Ty there's going Mike Tyson again, then I, I may have, uh, you know, attributed to him that he was the problem in the situation. Right. And then by looking at a second source and doing a little bit more research, I realized of course, there's two sides to every issue. Uh-huh. But if you don't look at both sides of the issue, then you're only going to um, accept one explanation, which may not be the case. So it is much more complicated, you know? Yeah. So after seeing the two sides that you saw, did you come to any particular conclusion or is it still kind of open to you? Well, I, 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 so here's, here's what I got from them. Okay. There were a couple of guys, Mike Tyson took a selfie with one of the guys. Uh, and these two guys were together and his buddy got drunk and distorted right. and started having issues or, you know, saying shit to provoke Mike Tyson. Well, any, anybody anywhere on the planet that knows Mike Tyson knows he's a volatile individual. Um, sure. He has worked on himself. He has he has changed a lot. 
Um, and he's saying things that, you know, that show that he's more reflective and that he's trying. But in the end, he's Mike Tyson. And you're not going to punk him. And so, oh, no. <laughs> and so my, my, what I came to was, you know, this guy got drunk, acted belligerently, and Mike Tyson did what Mike Tyson does. You know, Mike Tyson made a living with his fists. You know, he's not, you, you, you're not, you don't expect Mike Tyson to go and negotiate a great deal um, with someone else because he's not necessarily a supreme verbal communicator. And so he communicated in the way he understands how to communicate. But he tried. He tried to ignore the guy. He tried not to use his fists. And he was provoked beyond that point. So the thing is, right. is you know, so, so that's what I got out of it. Sure, the situation could have been avoided, clearly. Well, yeah, most, most of the time before it gets to a physical thing, it, it can always be avoided. There, there's right. always that. It's just... It's just and that, alcohol usually makes it go go down for the worst, turn for the worst. That that usually ends poorly. If it starts with alcohol, yeah. it usually ends poorly. And, and I'm not yeah. saying it's not okay to drink. It's okay to drink, but control yourself when you drink. You know, right, right. So that's all. We that's don't all. make our best decisions when we're under the influence of alcohol. And and I and I and I get it. And it's like, why do people choose? to get inebriated and then mm -hmm. do things that could possibly put them in harm's way. That makes right. no sense. You know, it I, makes no sense. A couple of glasses of wine. I am not trying to talk to anybody. I'm trying to chill, you know, right. I'm looking right. at a little tube. And then if I get pissed off at what's on the tube, I turn it off and finish my wine. And that's that. <laughs> right. You ain't trying to push nobody's button. I ain't or, trying to uh, push nobody's your... button. Put your uh, craziness onto them. No. You know, you just you know, let it go. I'm just, I'm having my wine. And the whole point of having my wine is so that I can relax and chill. Right. So right. to get into some situation with somebody that, that I know can punch my lights out is not my idea of fun. No. Yeah. No. I don't know. So. Yeah. Well. Hopefully he learned his lesson and that's the last time he agitates somebody like Mike Tyson or anybody, to be honest with you, because, hey, the guy might not be Mike Tyson, but he could have a gun. <laughs> sure, there could be anything that could cause great anything. harm. And, exactly. and, and the thing is, so you were being optimistic and normally you're the one going, they'll never change. <laughs> they don't do this. And so... And so I get it, but you know, you mean Mike Tyson, no, the, the guy, the guy, you, so your thing oh. was hopefully he learned from this, won't get drunk again and, and provoke getting punched. And, well, yeah, I said, hopefully, but you know, alcohol is, is a drug and it, it's addictive and he, he may clearly have a problem. I, I think at this, at this juncture, he wasn't, he was, he was well into his twenties, maybe close to his thirties look like to okay. me. Um, I'm not saying he won't change. I'm saying it may take a little bit more than that because it appears, you know, I learned in my twenties, you know, when I'm inebriated, I'm not the best fighter. So I keep my shit to myself 
Right. You know, once I get to that point. Right. And so if he hasn't learned it at this point, you're right. He may pick it up. I'm just thinking it may take more than this. Well, hey, that that's on him, you know. I agree. <laughs> that's on him because uh, I'd hate to uh, know what that felt like getting punched out by Mike Tyson. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get punched out by Mike Tyson. Feel like, hey, dude, you messed up. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I, you know, I, I, so, so again, you know, you know, people can, um, rail on Mike Tyson and say he should have maintained his cool, no matter what, never put your hands on another person. And then, right. and then as a guy, as a man, I understand at some point you have to, you may have to help people understand to leave you alone that that you can back up only so far right and so um, I, I'm not advocating violence what I'm saying is it takes two so if you see me back up stop being aggressive because I'm letting you know I am not feeling you Right. And if you continue to press yourself and you and I continue to back up and you continue to come at me. How do I get away from you? I'm in an airplane. I have nowhere to go. I pay for my seat. I just want to sit here quietly and you won't leave me alone. What options do I have? Because if I tell the the um, flight attendant. The flight attendant can only do so much. Sir, sit down. You know, don't do this. I don't know if the plane was off the ground or not. But if the yeah. plane's not off the ground, then they got to call the police. They got to wait for the police to show up to, to remove the person from the situation. Right. So I understand there are situations where quicker problem-solving methods may be absolutely necessary. I don't want to advocate for them. I'm saying... When all else fails, break glass. So did you happen to see, because I didn't see the video, what uh, caused Mike Tyson to get up off the guy? Did somebody have to get in between them? Or did yeah, Mike somebody pulled the guys apart. <laughs> somebody pulled the guys apart. Wow. Which was Which was a crazy thing. So, you know, I... I you know, I, the guy seems to be, uh, Mike Tyson seems to be trying to make a change in his life. And sometimes you got to, you know, you got to let people have space to be better. Yeah. You know, he's got yeah, to pass. Huh? For the self, I give Tyson a lot of credit for self-improvement efforts. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of us mm -hmm. need to change and he realized that. And mm -hmm. so he's trying to make some changes. And he tried to make some changes and you got to, and you got to reward that by not by by being cautious about invoking those old habits because right. those old habits are self defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. You know, he 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 did what he did because he had to protect himself. Yeah, you know, absolutely. in previous life, I'm not talking about just at the airplane, in, just in the airplane, but I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he he. So we we know that his history. He's lived it in in the press. You know, he's had his his uh, instances 
And so he's tried to move on. He's tried to better himself from that. And he's tried to, I think he's raising birds or something, isn't it? Birds or alligators or something. I think he's doing some things like that, yeah. yeah. And, and he's got how many children that he's raising or, yeah. or they're growing up? I, I think he's trying hard to be a better man. I and think I, he's trying hard. Like I said, hats off to Mike. Hats off to Mike. All righty. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, impulse buying. Okay. All right. So impulse buying. Um, so I read read an article, and then you'll find the article obviously in the show notes. Um, and you know, impulse buying, and they talk about how you know companies place things in a place to get you to buy them. Right. And usually, when people talk about impulse buying. Um, even when they try to they try to balance it, they try to put the onus or the put the weight on the people trying to get you to buy to spend impulsively. Okay. Um, so like bad guy. Well, so the store is so the store is at fault um, for for causing conflict between a mother and a child because they put the candy at the checkout counter where the you know at eye level where the kids can't miss it. So the right. kids are now, mom, I want it, or dad, I want this and I want that. And ooh, look. And, mm -hmm. you know, sugar to a child is like, you know, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so the, the issue then becomes, uh, or, or, you know, with it, the discussion wraps around what is the responsibility of the store to put those things in a place where kids don't see them or something of that nature. And my thought is, is you, you go into a grocery store to buy groceries. You can go into a clothing store to buy clothes. Right. They're going to put the sale items where you can get them because they're trying to sell them. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. Exactly. And then if your impulse is to overspend, who is responsible for that? Pretty simple. The one spending the money is responsible for spending the money, no matter whose money it is. I mean, you have the power to say no, yes or no. I'm going to buy this or I'm just going to keep keep it moving and pass it up. And I agree. And so. So we we. Get on. Um, casinos. Cause, because they do, they make life, your life to to gamble at the casino. They they go out of their way to make you comfortable. They spritz cologne in the air so that the, the you know the the aroma is nice, and then they make sure that all of the people that are dressed to make you feel you know excited and comfortable, and they're trying to get you to spend. And, and a lot of times people talk about that as a bad thing, but they don't talk about don't go in the goddamn casino. casino. <laughs> don't forget the food now. You mentioned the some uh, fragrances or whatever, but the food a lot of times is free too. It's free so. or super cheap. <laughs> super. Mm -hmm. I get it. And, and... 
so what we what we don't push is willpower. Because if you, you know, we've got body positive. That means don't use your willpower. Right. Don't fight that addiction. You know, let's, let's, people can be addicted to uh, just a, a number of things. Right. True. And the thing is, is when you see someone fighting an addiction, it is tough, especially when you care about them. But in the end, they have to fight it because nobody could be there 24 hours and babysit them. This is true. Right? Yeah. So, so if you know that the candy, that, that the candy aisle, you know, you don't, walk down the candy aisle if you got a candy addiction. You know, you don't, um, we, we do have, a, I think, and, and that's tough. I think we have a responsibility to, to try to help each other. Yes. And so, and so we don't want to encourage someone with an addiction um, if we can help it, but we also don't want to deny people the opportunity to buy things that they like. Right. You know, how many times have, have you gone shopping and ran across something that you hadn't had in a long time mm-hmm. because they're featuring it? You know, that impulse buying is you didn't go in there to buy whatever it was. But when you went in there and you saw it, and you thought, oh, man, I haven't had this in ages or oh, I really yeah. like this. Huh? Like the light went on and all of a sudden your eyes light up. And you right. start to feel the impulse. So is that a bad thing? Not for the store. Okay. <laughs> is that a bad thing for you? Well, I mean, yes, if it's something that I know is really, really bad for me. But at the same time, it's still my responsibility to say no. Okay. So, so, so should we put extra, um, extra weight on what the store does to help with those addictions with, with those, with that behavior? No, I don't think so. Because, uh, what does the store sell that they shouldn't sell to begin with cigarettes? Okay. But we're not talking about cigarettes in particular, right? Right. That's, well, I mean, not in particular, but I'm just saying. Um, so we can we can always find um, uh, exceptions to any any idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what you're putting forward is is that everything in the store is legal to be sold. Right. Okay, so it's legal to, to sell it. It's illegal to present it to, to folks. And so and so, how do we then hold them accountable as long as they're within an acceptable range of products that they serve, they sell? Right? Is well, when you say accountable, give me an example. What do you mean by accountable? That, that we blame them for impulse buying, for encouraging people to spend money that they don't have. 
Well, I don't really, I don't think we can blame the store if they're there to make money, to sell products that people want, then uh, it's up to the individual to avoid that product, find some place where they maybe feel more comfortable going into, but I don't think we can just blame it on the store for trying to make a profit. Okay. Okay. Now. What they're in business for, right? Okay. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to challenge that at okay. this time. I'm reserving my right to challenge that later. Sure. Okay. Sure. So now, so you, you said that, you know, they're in business to make money, so that should be okay. And yet, um, you have a problem with the oil companies. They're in business to make money. Okay. And what's the problem? I mean, you don't you have a problem with the oil companies? With the way that they charge folks? Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. That's just a problem uh, with the business uh, practice that I uh, maybe – Disagree with a business practice, but it's not illegal, so so be it. I understand. I'm just I'm just saying it's sometimes the answer seems simple, but it's a lot more complicated because if we apply the same logic to different situations, mm -hmm. um, it becomes a bigger challenge. So, like, okay. if we say, you know, the the uh, grocery stores should have a right to make a living. Then right. we also should say the oil companies should have a right to make a living. Right? I mean, that's only fair. Sure. Right. But but we know that, but, or that we feel that the practices that the oil company uses are predatory. And yet we don't feel that the, the tactics that the grocery store uses are predatory. So how, how do we... So for me, I'm trying to you know, make sure that I'm consistent in how I apply um, the things that I believe are right and true and just mm -hmm. so that, that I'm fair to the, the oil company just as I'm fair to the grocery store. So if I, if I say it's okay for the grocery store, I have to say it's okay for the oil company because that's only fair. Well, yeah, I mean, fair is fair in, in, in a sense. I think the big, the biggest difference is with the oil company is that we're, we're talking about something that that's critical, a critical resource you, that you need for, uh, transportation, car maintenance, things like that. It's more of a, uh, it's a different type of commodity. I can't think of the right word for it, but at the end of the day, it's still, uh, coming under our system of, um, uh, you know, free trade where, where they have the rights to sell, set their own prices. And the only solution there in those situations where the, where we can make things more fair, if that's what the, the, the accusation is, it's not fair is to enforce regular regulations. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of contrary to our economics. Hmm. Well, okay. And so I'm a, I'm a challenge. I'm a challenge that that it's not it's contrary to our regulation system. 
it, it is it, it there are some people in our system that mm-hmm. don't want regulation i don't think it's contrary right. to i don't i don't think there's anything um any system that should not be subject to regulation no system that man has created should not be should should not go unregulated okay and and so there are those people that believe that you don't add regulation that they don't want regulation and that's a right. fair that's a fair way to look at it um yes. and so the re- the reality is is that i think that we have to look at the result and see is is that result what we want in society and and again people are going to differ on what kind of result we have so we've exactly. got you know a situation where we've got all of these um millionaires and and they say well that's okay that's acceptable and then other people look at it and say having that many millionaires shows that the system is out of balance right and so yeah absolutely so when we look at politics which is the system where people would have the uh, power or the intention to enforce certain regulations that we're talking about, right? Okay. People that look at the system and say, hey, this is not fair. This is out of line. They're always pigeonholed or categorized as radical or socialist or leftist. And so that tells me that, that, a majority of people, or at least people in power, have a problem with regulation. Okay. Okay. So I, I can. So. So, I'm trying to understand why. So people use vilification as a tool mm-hmm. to negate a argument that they don't have a counter argument to. Right. So I don't have to vilify. I have to say, um, call people leftists or call people, you know, conservatives or call people wackos. If I have a very good oral argument that shows that that logic and reason is bad. So until, until we as a society understand that, you know, calling someone a villain or making someone the villain is a tactic that that does not have good logic and reason behind it yeah then then we are going to continue to get those kinds of arguments you know um you know you 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 get a lot of people who want to vilify something rather than um have a discussion based on the merit of the argument or merit of the discussion and um it has gotten a lot worse over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. You know, there was a time when it, when I felt like, you know, we could have discussions around um, logic and reason and come up with a, you know, decent answer. But, you know, we've got a situation now where people see the world changing and they can't control it. They've had control of things for so long. And now that they see that that control is slipping and that they have to share the power. In that case, then everything starts to become evil and villainous and horrible and disgusting because those things 
are things that we don't try to gravitate to. So I've got to make CRT the villain. I've got to make uh, progressive ideas a villain. It is horrible and it is disgusting and that kind of stuff. And so by doing that, I don't have to come up with a very valid argument about why those things don't work or why those things do work, but I just don't want them. Well, yeah, I, I think people in general have a different outlook on what's going to make things work. For example, CRT. If CRT is good, why do people object to it in the first place? The, just the principle of it. Well, I think people are going to object to things because they don't, because they do think it's good. And they do think it's going to change things in a way that they don't want that change. You say they think it's good? Yes. So when someone attacks something, mm -hmm. sometimes they attack it because it's bad. Right. Sometimes they attack it because it's good. Okay. And they don't want it to become the norm. It's good to them or it's good to other people? That it's good for society. It may be good to them or may not be good to them specifically. Okay. Okay. So correct me now if I'm wrong. What you seem to be saying is that some people aren't concerned with the good for society. They're concerned with other things. Yes, that's one of them. Okay. Is that, is that they attack an issue and they, they say it. So your original premise was, um, if CRT was good, then why are people against it? Right. And so what I'm saying is if they can be against it, uh, even though that they know it's good, it changes things that they don't want changed. Uh -huh. Okay. So that so, may be the reason. So it, it may not be that CRT is bad, which is why they're against it. It just may be, it changes things in a way they don't want things changed. Okay. So that doesn't make CRT bad because they challenge it, but you should always challenge something. If, if, if they challenged CRT on the merits, and we had the discussion about the merits, that would be great. But they, right. but they, they're not challenging it on the merits. They put forth an ideology which they don't get challenged on, and then they deem it bad because it, they disagree with it. And there's, and that's different than it necessarily being bad. Hmm. Okay. I, 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 that's a good point that you raised because when you said an idea that they don't get challenged on, it made me think, where are the challenges in this particular CRT discussion? Uh, and I can't think of any. So you made a good point there. Perhaps people, the proponents of whatever CRT uh, concepts are, you know, which aren't really, the thing is, it's not even being taught on a broad scale. It's, it's theoretically this college level course that's kind of in the minority of what's being taught. But anyway, if we could get people to understand what, what it's actually about and make it make sense or speak to the good of it, then 
they would have to counter and and deal with that and give their explanation to or why it's bad. Well, and here's the thing: I, I don't. They're not going to see good in it because it does not impact them. If it does not impact you in in a positive way, you're not going to see good in it. It doesn't matter what the explanation is. If you don't connect with, um, if you don't connect with the people that are Im- negatively impacted the way the system works now. So the system works the, the way it works now. Mm-hmm. There are people that are adversely impacted by the way the system is designed right now. Right. CRT is just one form of challenging the current status of the system. Correct. If you believe that the current system works the exactly the way you want it to work, then CRT is going to be a bad thing and you're never going to see the positive in it. Okay. So even with all the facts and the data that prove the point, they're not going to accept it. Is that what you're saying? That's probably, they're probably not going to. And so I have to say probably, because I don't, people do change. Yeah. And even though, you know, some people start out um, not uh, supporting a system and then later change their mind. I mean, that's, that's a part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, if if people don't see a benefit in them, see a benefit in the system for themselves, there it is. They are less likely to see any good in it. Even if okay. they see the good, they may not necessarily. Um, they may not necessarily accept that. Mm-hmm. So then, and, and considering all that, how do you counter the points that that they make when they're bringing just bringing it up, you know, as a talking point? How how do you think that should be dealt with? Well, should you just ignore it, I mean, or every, is there a counterattack? Well, I I don't know if. So the, the, each, each system, each person has to be dealt with differently. Some people are willing to have a conversation and some people are not. And the ones that are willing to have a conversation with is then you can have a conversation. There are some well, people- what I'm saying is, say this candidate is running for office mm-hmm. and he says, well, my opponent, he believes in CRT and it's going to do this or it's going to do that. Uh, do you have a counter for that or do you try to raise some other point again it's going to depend on the candidate if the candidate is willing to have his assertions challenged then that's one one thing that you can do is you can challenge challenge his assertions well yeah i mean it's not whether they're willing to because you have free freedom of speech to say hey you know this is wrong this is why um we we need to deal with this and and support make it try to present a positive uh, viewpoint of it rather than let them continually beat people over the head with, with this talking point. I I mean, do we just ignore that? Well, let me ask you, how, how do you, how should we deal with it? 
Well, I, I think it needs to be challenged when, when they use that as a talking point, we need to say, Hey, you know, at least first, first of all, they need to put a clear definition of it because what people think it is, is something a little different. And so it needs to be clarified. And then you can counter to the point where with, with statistics to, to, to back it up, to show the negative effect and just kind of clarify the fact that they have a false, you know, idea of what it is and that they're merely using that as a talking point. And, and, and I understand that. And that makes a lot of sense, but you're, you're operating under the assumption that if you give the person enough data that proves the point that they're going to change their mind. And the reality is that there are some people who regardless of the data mm -hmm. aren't going to change their mind. Cause even if they look at it and say, yeah, those facts, I believe those facts make good, but CRT is bad because it would, not everyone operates on the assumption that it, that fair is fair. Mm -hmm. A lot of people operate on the assumption. I want what I want. So you think that even once this person understands as a fact that it's not bad, they're still going to, uh, accept it as something that's bad. What do you think? Do you think that they will? Do you think that everybody who, um, who's in the public sphere that says CRT is being taught at the grade school level, do you think every last one of them firmly believes that that's true? That's a good point. It's, it's hard to say, you know, but I definitely think that if there is an opportunity to challenge them on it, there should be challenged. But if there's no opportunity, then that's, there's not much you can do about it, but it definitely when these candidates are making their talking points and they're, they're trying to run from office, if you have a debate, I think it's a good thing to, to call them out. Right. And, and I, I, I think that that's a fair assumption, but you know, do we have the will, the, do we have the public will mm -hmm. to challenge people when they say things that are easily disprovable? Well, I, I think the people that are, are trying to um, make a change should ha have the wheel. The and, people that want. And the reason I asked that question is mm -hmm. the former president was mm -hmm. factually proven to make false statements and right. received 75% of the vote. Ba I'm sorry, 50%, uh, or almost 50% of the vote based on those false assumptions and assertions. Mm -hmm. So there was 50% 50 50 of the voting public that said truth was not important. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a good example. And I think the clear problem there is uh, <clears throat> sometimes people's ability to accept the truth, which is, I think, probably what you're trying to say. But I still don't think we should ignore the point and let and let people say something 
and be it be perceived as true when it's not, I think we still need to speak out. Oh, of course. I've said that on many an occasion. Yep. But, but if people don't want the truth, there is nothing you can say that will have them accept the truth because they've okay. chosen what they want to be the truth. And they will, and they will vote and live by that non-reality. Well, you're probably right in that situation. Then what? Are we doomed to people who don't want to accept the truth? How do we? How do well, we? Well, the system hasn't fallen apart yet, and we've struggled through it. And so, I, I'm not as um, I'm not as dark as to say it's doomed. But how long can a system function when mm -hmm. the truth is not the center of its ideology? I agree, hundred percent. That's is. That is the question. How long can the society or the system function or how long is it going to last under these circumstances? I think we're headed towards some uh, serious uh, decline where we're already in a state of decline. And that's a it. lot of people. A lot of people think this country is becoming a, a headed toward autocracy. Okay, so autocracy has been a part of the political system from the beginning. There were people who believed in the autocracy then. There were people that believed in democracy, just the people who believed in democracy got their way. Right. Because we've, we've had a faction in this country that want to turn the United States into a Christian nation. That's autocracy. Yeah, good point. Good point which explains why uh, people like the former president get the full support of uh, Christian organizations like 700 Club, which is pretty big. So I agree. So pretty big. I, can't, I still can't believe that, and maybe it was a slip when Pat Roberts said on TV, he wished that Trump would still be president. I was surprised. Not by he felt that way, but by the fact that he actually said it on TV. <laughs> Maybe that's why he retired shortly after. I don't know. Yeah. So, so <laughs> there are always, there are always people who are going to want the system to, to change and be, um, to want the system to be more favorable to them and less favorable Absolutely. to somebody that they don't like. Absolutely. And I, I understand that, which is why we are in a state of uh, confusion and disagreement right now. We have huge numbers of people in one camp with one set of beliefs, and we have people that oppose uh, certain sets of beliefs, and we are technically at war right now. Okay. So, so it is okay to have a different idea. It is okay mm -hmm. to have, you know, some people's idea of democracy is not the same as other people's ideas about democracy. True. But in our democracy, 
we tend to, to try to use force to, to, um, sub, and to impart our ideas rather than using diplomacy or, you know, being a true democracy. Uh, right. You know, in the form, in the previous election, there was attempts to, um, you know, overturn legitimate voting and, right. you know, to put forth ideas that could not be proven in an attempt to invalidate what could be proven. And so I think the issue on that is uh, to try to get more people to understand and accept that they're not always going to get what they want, but they're a part of the system, you know? So, so if they vote, they've taken a chance, they've uh, given an opportunity to uh, have their voice heard and make their points. And mm -hmm. then if we as a group work together, decide those points are valid. Um, that's what, that's how democracy works. And, and I, and I put an asterisk around that because other people don't see democracy working that way. Right. Right. You mentioned groups and, and the group situation is you have a large group of people that are opposed to the type of democracy that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And if they lose, they want to try to overthrow the government by any means necessary. And I think it's, it's looking kind of bad right now. Mm, yeah, I, I can, I can understand the thought that it's bad. I, I guess, you know, if, if people weren't, if people weren't identifying that this is a problem, that to me would be bad mm -hmm. because <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, so I'm going to swing this back around to our original topic, which was, um, impulse buying. Yeah. If you are told, so like, you know, if you know that, uh, stores or that, uh, candidates are doing something because you've been warned about it. You now have an opportunity to put up defenses or to combat it. Uh -huh. If, if, if stores were doing something to, to, to get you to spend money and you were not aware, if politicians were doing stuff to get your vote and you were not aware, that this was um, intended to influence you where you didn't have a choice. Um, if you didn't know, then you couldn't protect yourself. But because we know there are candidates that are saying things um, that are not true in an attempt to get you to vote for them or stores are doing things to subconsciously get you to do something you don't want to do. Um, as long as we know that, that they're doing that, then mm -hmm. it's on us how we react to that, how we respond to that. Sure. So if you know that the store puts candy at the, at the, at the checkout aisle 
Um, so, you know, when you get to the checkout aisle, make sure don't buy the damn candy. Right. It looks good. You know you want it, but you don't need it. Don't buy the damn candy. What this candidate is saying is not true. I know it's not true. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to vote that way on something that I know is not true. And it takes it, it. It's come back to one of the things that I've said repeatedly is that the, the individual is responsible, has, has, a, has a part in the responsibility of making it all a better place. Yeah, absolutely. It's up to the individual. You're right. If you know something is wrong or, or you disagree with it, then you have a choice to make the right decision how to deal with it. You don't buy the candy. Don't, uh, don't go gamble. No matter how good the food is. No matter how good the food is. No matter how cheap the alcohol is. Yeah. You know, if, if you know, and that's all. So, so I'm not, um, like I, I like being, you know, some advertising, I go into the store. I don't want, you know, a lot of flashing lights and signs and, and pointers pointing me to the item that they want to sell today. But if they've got a little sign up there that says, Hey, uh, you can get 10 of these for a buck. You know, when I came in, I only want one or two, but you know, they don't drop the price. I know I'm going to eat this somewhere down the road and I got a garage. I can stick it in and it'll last that long. I'm going to get 10. So it's to my advantage. You should. Right. But it's to my advantage that that impulse buy is to my advantage. Mm -hmm. And so, and so impulse buying and impulse, um, you know, impulse control is my responsibility. Mm hmm. Now I, I understand that that um, s- stores and and marketers do all of this psychological research, right. do all this psychological research to try to encourage you, to trick you, to get you to buy a product you don't need. That's you know uh, uh, the late yeah. night the um, ab crunchers. They know America's fat. They know America. <laughs> they know America's fat. Sure, they do. And so, and so, what are they going to do? They're going to show you fit and and trim, and they're going to show them using this ab cruncher. And you and I know that damn ab cruncher don't work, especially if you don't use it. Especially if you don't use it, and you <laughs> and most people aren't going to use it. That's how they got fat in the first place. Right. 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 So. So do we blame the marketer for marketing this ab cruncher and we bought five of them and they sitting in the back and we're not using them. Whose fault is that? (laughs) Whose fault is that? You can't blame anybody else. If you bought it, we can. (laughs) That doesn't mean we're right. We can. We can blame Santa Claus for shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's what people do. Right. Politicians are blaming politicians are blaming other politicians 
for stuff that they have no control over, that the individual has control over. Mm, true. This is true. So I just, you know, I, I want to encourage folks to, to, you have to take life, you have to take control of your life. You have right. to see yourself not as a victim, but as in control of your life. Have I met people that don't seem to have control of their life? I absolutely have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we try as a society to help those gain control over their lives because what we don't want is a system that controls everybody's behavior because they refuse to, because the individual refuses to control their own behavior. Hmm. We don't want to have to put um, uh, no drinking. So, so in baseball, they stop serving alcohol after the seventh inning. Right? I, I'm not sure. It's been so long since I've been to a game. They, they, they stop serving alcohol after certain parts of the game because people wouldn't control their alcohol consumption. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, that's they have problems. They put laws that a bar owner can be can be held responsible if they serve you alcohol and you go out and you kill someone with your car. Okay, yeah. But why well, should the bar should owner why should the bar owner have to tell you when to stop fucking drinking? You're an adult. Well, he shouldn't have to, but it's a drug, so uh if a person doesn't have control, then are you liable? That's the problem. I, 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 I okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So, so, so. So you saying so a person be liable? So a person takes a drug, right? And I'm responsible for that putting that drug in that person's mouth. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying you're responsible. I'm just saying that the system wants to hold somebody responsible. It wants to, but it won't hold. But but they they didn't find enough success at holding the individual responsible mm -hmm. because getting locked up, losing your license wasn't keeping people from getting drunk and drunk driving. True. So then True. they figured the way to save people's lives is to make the bar owner who's sober, who's who's running their business, to tell them, hey, you stop that person from his his or her erroneous behavior. Right. I agree. We should be taking responsibility for one another and we should be there to help each other. And so if we I see agree. somebody that's that's abusing themselves, the concern for me is how much control do we give to the individual to stop another person from doing something um, hazardous? That's a good question. That's that's a tough one. I think that's a tough one. And and, and self control obviously is a um, um, an issue. Because people don't want 
self-control, which is why we have to come up with those rules and regulations in the first place. Mm -hmm. This guy's on the, on the plane with, with, um, um, Mike Tyson. Tyson. Uh huh. He does. He exhibits little, if any, self-control. Yeah. So enough of that happens. They're going to tell the airlines you can't serve alcohol. If somebody gets on the plane drunk, you got to kick them off. <laughs> well, I mean, should we consider uh, the possible um, liability or the damage that could be done to others because of this? Or should we just say, hey, whatever happens, happens? I, you know, what's the what are the choices? I, I'm just at this point. I'm just, I'm I'm making well, an argument for self-control. Sure, I, I get that. Sure. That there there are people who just they don't want that because yeah. it, if they have to deny themselves that extra drink or two, or if they have to deny themselves that pack of donuts, that that's just that's a bridge too far. Yeah, yeah. Give me it my kinda, damn donuts. It's kind of like. It's kinda like asking people to wear a mask you know protection of others protection of self but people don't want to do it so what do you do okay so at that point those uh mandates or do we just let them do what they want to do well we've we've hit our three a three o'clock mark (laughs) i'm not gonna branch off into that discussion right (laughs) we will be back oh so what what i did want to mention is um we're going to go to just Saturdays. We're going to eliminate the Friday show until August. And we will reevaluate then whether we're going to come back and do two shows. So between right. now and August, uh, we will only uh, the middle of August because we, we take break beginning the 1st of July. Uh, and then we're two weeks into August in the middle of August is we, we come back. So we're going to um, eliminate the Friday show until the middle of August. And then we will reevaluate during our break whether we want to come back and do uh, two shows a week. But um, what you will see is I'm not going to change the graphics just yet. So our closing graphics will still show a Friday and a Saturday show. So, All right. so I'm not going to change that just yet because it's my hope that we will be coming back with two shows. And if we come back with one show, then I'll, I'll definitely make that change. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. We will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's topic is coerced confessions. Forced confessions. Forced confessions. So we'll see you tomorrow. All right. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.